bad. Um, and with that, shall we bring him in? Our TSN hockey analyst, all the way from, not Calgary, from Cabo right now? Craig Button, our Cabo correspondent here at TSN. How's it going, sir? It's going good. I'm on my break. I, I love think it. the music we're hearing is actually coming from Craig's end. Is this, can you confirm, Craig? Is this coming from your end here? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's coming from your end, not my end. What's, what's the day-to-day routine, Craig, in Cabo? Is it you wake up, you, you go to breakfast, then you play a little pickleball? Has there been golf involved? Give us the, the day-to-day Craig Button routine in Cabo. Yeah, well, it's it's totally laid back. I mean, there's uh, no bad days. You just wake up and let the day unfold as you see it. Uh, my daughter and her husband, they went diving this morning. Uh, uh, they went golfing the other day. We played pickleball. We've been by the beach. You know, and just just lounging. That's what we're doing. We're lounging. And there's no there's no clock. You just kind oh. of just let it, let the day the unfold and when the, and when the and when the sun goes down, the stars come out and just takes you into nighttime. That's such a great corona, line. I go I go from Corona sunrises to Corona sunsets. Nice, <laughs> nice. It's, it's Staying away from the line. tequila sunrises. The tequila uh. sunrises can get a little dangerous, so I appreciate the stand between the lines, <laughs> Craig. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I have to. <laughs> Uh, so, Craig, um, you know, last night's game was an interesting one for the Maple Leafs. They ended up losing 5-2 to, to Boston. I don't think we're going to overreact over one game or anything, but, you know, as a former general manager in the league, like how much do games like that matter when you're evaluating your team against, you know, a contender, the top team in the league that you'll have to likely face in any path to postseason success? I mean, if you're Kyle Dubas, are you evaluating that game and pulling things out and, realizing, okay, this is what we need going forward? I think you have to, A.B. I, I, I think when you when you're, know what your path is and you can see it so clearly, you know, if, you know and you, you're going to have to find uh, the areas of your team that you can, you know, strengthen. And I, I don't think there's any question. You know, Sheldon Keefe, again, he, he said it after they lost to Boston last time. He said it again last night. He goes, yeah, we're close. Close ain't going to cut it for the Leafs. Not going to cut it. Close doesn't mean anything. You know, respect in the handshake line means nothing. So <laughs> these are really, really uh, instructive games for everybody, and mostly for Kyle Dubas. Where are our strengths? How do we manage it? And, 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 and where do we need reinforcements? I, I, I think the game uh, such as last night is, is, is a critically important game for Kyle Dubas. Yeah, it's one game in the schedule. Yeah, it's not going to change things in terms of the standings. I'm talking about them catching Boston. But it, it, it is a big-time instructive game for Kyle Dubas. Because I'll reiterate, respecting the handshake line, coming close, doesn't cut it. And it certainly ain't going to cut it for this Maple Leafs team. Oh, deep cuts there, Craig. Deep cuts into Leafs Nation with comments like that. But <laughs> I, I agree but with you, though. Like, cut? Let me ask no, you I know. Question, but why is it a deep cut? It's reality, and if you don't want to deal with reality, then just stay in, in, in just stay in your fantasy world. Stay in the fantasy world. The Leafs keep <laughs> they've had a good season. I'm not talking about you, AP. I'm not talking about you. Oh, I know. I'm, I know. Talking, I'm using it in a general sense. I'm, wh- what I'm saying is, is like you know what? Like they, they've clearly stated what their goals are. They've clearly demonstrated that they're a good team. Mm. Are they good enough? Well, I guess I mean, that's, course, that's... It, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it any better. 
Yeah, and I guess that's the question that they has to answer over the the final thirty games of the season post All Star break. But to you, Craig, like Sheldon Keefe was asked, you know, how close he thinks the Leafs and Bruins are. He said, you know, in a game to game, you know, relatively close, but in a big margin, not so close. The Bruins are forty goals better than any other team in the league, I believe, is what he said. So, like when you look at these two clubs, and and when you kind of look at last night's game and and the way that they've played against some of the top tier teams, what separates the Bruins? From the Leafs, like where did the Leafs need to improve over these final 30 games to get themselves in position to contend and possibly win a seven-game series against this team? Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. I, it's like I, I don't think there's any question they can contend, but this isn't the Maple Leafs of 2017 or 2018, where they were a young team and you know coming close was really important for their growth. This is a team now that has clear expectations. So when we talk about, like, you know, a team, so think about last night's game. Tell me the point in time. Think back to when Austin Matthews was playing a couple weeks ago when when they lost in Boston. Tell me where in the game there was any kind of lag in Boston's effort, in Boston's approach. The speed, the, 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 the discipline, the hardness of their game, the competitiveness, all the way. Tell me where there wasn't any... Where, where there was a lag all the way through their lineup. Yeah, I know there is, and you're going to find stretches. But all in all, when you're looking at it, right, like the Boston Bruins make it really difficult to, to, get, to get a dent against them. Yeah. And, yeah, you're going to give up a goal here. The games are going to be close. To, when, when you have good teams, and make no mistake about it, Tron. So, like, to me, like, you know, the, the, the offense isn't an issue. They've shown they can play really good defense. And now it becomes a case of, what gives you and, – and, and the improvements might be 3%, might be 4%, might be 2%. But those are the margins that matter. And, you know, last week when I was talking on the show, you know, when I said, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a great template, a great template. And, you, you know, they had Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and Palat. And, and, what did they, and they said, wait a sec, we, we need something different that's going to improve our team in, 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 in really measurable ways. Coleman comes into the mix and uh, Goudreau comes into the mix and, and that complements Yanni Gord. And I think that that's where the Toronto Maple Leafs have to find a way to become a, a, a harder team to play against. Harder doesn't mean that you got to be physically imposing and physically hitting all that. I'm talking about harder to play against. I'm talking about, you know, where, the, where your opponent just has no opportunity uh, to, to get a breath, to, to go, huh, it's just going and I, I, there's different ways to be relentless, and I think that that's where Kyle Dubas has to look at his team and say, this is the areas where we can strengthen our team and look at different types of players that can, that can fill that role. Yeah, that's a great point about the minor improvements on every player. We had Judd Surratt on yesterday who does play-by-play for the Bruins on the radio, and, and he said that was the biggest difference in the Bruins this year, that every every piece of their roster got just a tiny, tiny bit better, and, and that's resulted in this major jump this year. Uh, we're with Craig Button, our TSN hockey analyst right now and our director of scouting at TSN. So you mentioned how Boston is relentless uh, all the way through their lineup. They're hard to play against, and Devontae Smith-Pelly, when we had him on last week, said something to the effect, of in the postseason, the best players on both teams 
sometimes cancel one another out. And, and that was kind of the case last night. Like, it wasn't Marner got a goal, but it wasn't Marchand. It wasn't Pasta. It was like Carlo and Zach. I got a couple. Greer. It, it was mostly the depth guys that made the difference in that game last night. So, my question to you, Craig, is if you think the group as it is right now is enough to compete in the postseason. And I'm mostly talking about the depth, or if you think there's some, some room to upgrade down there and, and what you think that upgrade would look like if it, if it looks grittier or what the case may be. So I'm the first thing I'm going to do. I refute that the best players cancel each other out. Okay. And all, I, all I'm going to, all I'm going to do is just tell you, if that's the case, why is the why are the best players the ones that always win the Conn Smythe Trophy? Why are the best players always the ones that well, lead the playoffs in scoring? I- so I think you can look at that in two different ways, right? So you can say cancel each other out. Like last night, I would say it was from a lack of production. But, you know, sometimes it's they keep up with each other also. So then it's, okay, what type of secondary scoring right. if can you get, three, right? If Austin's getting three, Marshawn's getting three, and they're they're going back and forth. But then Zaka gets two, and Engvall gets nothing. Now you exactly. get a 5-3 hockey game. Yeah. yeah you're right. I'm just saying I, 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 I don't buy into it. I think that you're... I think that every player on your team needs to play to the best of their abilities. I don't think the best players cancel each other out because, you know, when you when, when you look, yeah, you, you need to be deep in your lineup. I'm not refuting that. Mm-hmm. But the best players, the top players, are always the top scorers. They're always the con smart trophy winners for the most part. They're always the guys that are, the, 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 in the vast majority of cases, are, are the difference makers. Because that, that's, and, and coaches say it all the time, oh, your best players have to be your best players. My feeling is, that's true, and I think you, all your players have to give you the best of what they have and all the way through their lineup. Teams win because they're deeper through their lineup because they don't give you a chance to breathe. When, when you have a team, when, like if you just think about Toronto's defense, three pairs of defensemen, right? tell me where they can sit on the bench and think, oh, okay, next shift will be a little bit easier when you're playing the Boston Bruins. They, they, they never have that luxury. And uh, – you know, DSP, he can go back to his Stanley Cup winning team in 2018, and he was a part of that, playing deeper down the lineup. Teams didn't get a chance to get a breather against the Washington Capitals all the way deep down the lineup. Yeah, players chip in and score, and they add some important goals at different points in time. There's no question about that. But to become harder to play against is not giving your opponent a breather, not not being able to uh, to – have the opportunities that they create go against you. You, you. you know, sometimes it's just about just holding your ground. It's not even so much about, you know, uh, advancing. It's about saying, you're not pushing against us. You're not going to get an opportunity. So how does that happen? It happens in, in your discipline. It happens in your, in your one-on-one battles. And when I say one-on-one battle, sometimes the one-on-one battle is, I'm getting to that spot on the ice before you. I'm getting there before you so that you don't get an advantage on our team. And, and there's, there's hundreds of those plays in the course of a game. And in the playoffs, they become magnified because you've eliminated 16 teams right from the beginning of the playoffs. And as you go deeper, obviously, the better teams are moving on or the teams that are playing better move, move on. And you never know what play is going to be the most critical or the most important. So you better treat every one as critically important. And that requires a discipline. It requires a, a real significant, what I call, digging in. And, and you don't have to be big. You don't have to be, you know, it's not just about finishing your checks. It's not just about blocking shots. It's about everywhere. Everywhere those details and those disciplines 
of making it hard. And you can make it hard with skill. You can make it hard with physical play, with size, with speed, with quickness. All those types of things, all those areas of your team can become stronger. And to your point, Julia, like they, they talked about like what Judd said was just moving a, a little bit further, 2% better. That becomes significantly, uh, that becomes significant come playoff time and certainly in the big games. So I guess what I'm asking more so when it comes to the Leafs' depth is do they have the characters in their bottom six to make it hard every shift and, and to be ferocious uh, on their opponents and, and dig in when it comes to the postseason, if you think so? I don't think they do. And I don't think they're blue line. I think they need a little bit of help on the blue line. I, I, I said last week, I think they need a second line or a first line left wing or somebody that can play on the first line. That's nothing against Michael Bunting, but you know what? Like, you know, you, if they, like, if I looked at their team and said, what would be the three areas that I would like to add to their team? A size left winger to play with Tavares on that line. That, that would be, that, that would be, that would be one big priority. Uh, a third-line center with some size and some weight and a, and a, and a Jake Muzzin-type defenseman on the blue line. Are those all possible, you know, with the salary cap situation? Not. So how do you, how, how, again, how do you prioritize, you know, those areas of your team and, and, and how do you achieve those goals? That's how I look at their team, and I think that that would give them, like, like a real significant advantage. So, so let's look back. Let's look back last year. What did, what did Colorado Avalanche do? Josh Manson. Yep. Then they add then they add Archery Lepernin. Speed. Archery Lepernin wasn't a isn't a big guy, but he adds that speed element. Andrew Cogliano, speed helps out your fourth line. Now you're deeper. Now you're now you got more 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 things to throw at an opponent. And then you think about the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had Brandon Hagel. They had Nick Paul. And and, and those are your two Stanley Cup finals. Like the players I just named are are, are not players that like are, are, are going, like, wow, can you believe what they just did? They're significant, though, to improving your team in those areas. And I think that's what the Toronto Maple Leafs have to do to put themselves in a better position to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning first and foremost. And if they can do that, they can get past the Boston Bruins. But, Julia, I don't think they have it right now. Yeah, it's, it's a conversation that we were having yesterday, and we are using, actually, Rasmus Sandin in particular as, as kind of a, a player to look at where – you know, could they use a different element, um, you know, on the back end? And and last night, I don't think he had a good night. He was a dash three alongside Timothy Lilligren playing against the Boston Bruins. And you could just look at this team and realize, okay, do they have that element of physicality on the back end that you talk about, that Jake Muzzin replacement? And, you know, sometimes the conversation we were getting into was maybe the upgrade isn't necessarily a skills upgrade on Sandine, but you can upgrade kind of the minutia of your team in, in complementary ways by adding that type, a different element to your lineup. Totally agree, uh, AB. And, you, you know, again, so I, I'll take you into a little bit of, the, of, of, of an opponent scouting preparation for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Beautiful. without a Jake Muzzin type, we're just going to zero in. It's seven game series. You know, you're the most, like you know, you're in for you're in for a longer series, right? We're just going to zero in. We're we're going to try to reduce Rasmus Sandin from game one to game two to game three to game four. How are you going to do that? You're going to make him turn for pucks. You're going to be hard on him. You know, when when, when he's on them, you're going to put pressure. On him. You know, you, you you can hit him or you can just force him to have to expend a lot of energy. Lean on him. Get to the front of the net. Lean on him. Lean on him. Lean on him. 
that's where size can help you. And size matters. Make no mistake about it. Size matters. So now, so now by doing that, Rasmus is a good player. Rasmus is a talented player. He's a competitive player. He's not going to fold, but you're trying to wear him down. You know, the player, if, if you've got players that are going to fold, then you've you, you got nothing. And, you know, I, I don't worry about the leash in that regard. I, I, I don't think they're going to fold, but can you wear them down? I definitely think you can. And I think that's where you look at a, a, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs and go, this is where we're going to, this is where we're going to grind them. This is where we're going to try to exploit them. And it's not about running them out of the rink or, you know, all this big hits and physicality. It's just about constant, constant pressure pressure make them feel pressure all the way through regardless of who's out there you got speed pressure them with speed if you got size lean on them if you got if you're going to be physical and hit and then hit them but all those things just coming at you all the time all the time it's a series and and you're trying to get to four wins that's what you're trying to do and through that course you're trying to get to a spot where you're wearing down your opponent and that to me is is to and to your point ab that's where you, you try to add different elements because you're also going to alleviate not only a little bit of the pressure on those players that the, the other teams may be trying to spotlight, but you're also taking the bird because now Morgan Riley might have to do more. And then what does that mean? Now that's where you try to, you, you, you're trying to, you know, take a team. And when I use the word reduce, you're trying to reduce the effectiveness of a team come playoff time. We're chatting with Craig Butner, TSN hockey analyst, and Craig, you know, ju- jumping off of that point, I remember a couple of weeks ago we were having a conversation about Matthew Nyes and if you would trade a big asset and who you would go and get, and you threw out the name Lawson Krause, and I kind of, I wouldn't say scoffed at it, but I was surprised by that name just because it felt as though that might be a little bit of an overpayment for for that player, just knowing you know the type of prospect and asset that Matthew Nyes is. Now, I'm not saying that I still think that, but I'm starting to come around on that only because when we talk about, you know, the Tampas of the world, they seemingly overpaid for the right guy. So I don't know if Lawson Krause is the right guy, but going back to this conversation that we've been having, you know, maybe you have to give up a little bit to get those, you know, bulkier, bigger pieces in a way. I just wanted to let you know that I'm starting to come around on your Lawson Krause idea because of that. And I mentioned Lawson as a name. Lawson, I mean, obviously Lawson has term left on a contract. I think he's at $4.3 million. But I even heard Cal Dupas talk about, you know, adding a player with some term that'll be here over time would help them. So, you know, can, can you do that? I mean, there's obviously going to be salary cap gymnastics and, you know, some calculations that need to happen to add players with term. And that I know that. But, I, I, again, we, we say overpayment. So, what, what is the price of winning the Stanley Cup, A.B.? Well, that's it. But if they don't win, then you look at it, you got egg on your face. That, that's the only problem, no, I, right? I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I don't think you do have egg. Because, you know what? The players, and Sarah Savard Sr. told me this long, long ago. The players always know and they know first. And yeah. I, I'm talking about what they're, they're looking at their team. They know what can help them. And, 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 they, and they get excited by things that can help them. Yeah, there's only one team. You're not going to get egg on your face if you're going for it. But, but, but everybody says the price of winning is high. And if it, was, if it was low, everybody would do it. So we, we can all rationalize and, and, and try to defend, okay, well, that's too much. For that. I, I said last week, the, 
Tampa Bay Lightning traded Nolan Foot, a first-round draft pick that, that, that they held in high regard, and a first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman. They traded yeah. a first-round draft pick for Barkley Goudreau. And, oh, my Lord, look, look what they traded last year to get Bradman Hagel. Like, just, just look at what they did there. So I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, there's, that, that you're just willy-nilly in terms of trading, but, you know, I, I hear a lot of teams, and I've heard it for years, talk about, oh, geez, yeah, we want to win. And when it comes time to pay the price to try to win, oh boy, people are reluctant. And then they talk yeah. about how hard it is and everything. So that's, I'm just saying, you're right. I'm just not, like, it's hard to win. And if you want to win, there's a price to be paid. I understand that. I think what I just look like those three in particular. I mean those those put Tampa into a, a Stanley Cup final and won two Stanley Cups with those guys. I think more so looking at it from a lease perspective. And everybody always goes back to the Nick Foligno deal. They were trying to win. They gave up a first round pick to go and get Nick Foligno, and it didn't work out. And now that trade is looked upon much more negatively than it was at the time. But if they had won a Stanley Cup, I don't think anyone's complaining. No, I, I don't disagree with you, but that's the beautiful thing about hindsight. We know exactly what we should have done or what we shouldn't have done. Right. So you, you don't get the you don't get, <laughs> yeah. you don't get the benefit of hindsight right now, right? <laughs> like I, I know what the Lotto Max numbers were on Tuesday. Guess what? I needed to know them before the draw on Tuesday, <laughs> not after, right? So, and and that's like like I said, it's not about being reckless. It's not about being willy nilly. It's about it's about understanding. Okay, here's where we're at. Here's what I can do. And, and like, your, your point about Nick Foligno, like, that was – the problem with Nick was he was injured. He never got into the lineup and was healthy. And I, I, I think we never got the best uh, – the Maple Leafs fans never got to see the best of Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno is playing pretty darn well right now for the Boston Bruins. And you know what's even more amazing about that? He was on waivers at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, true. you know what? Like, you, you're right. Like, you know, in hindsight, we're going to look at it. Oh, geez, they didn't win. Kyle Dubas gave his team a chance, and, 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 and to me, he improved the team. Oh, are we losing Craig? We might be losing Craig. Oh, no. He's out you know, Hobo. Reckless. Well, I think we lost you towards the end there, Craig, but I think we got the gist yeah. of, uh, okay. uh, of what you were saying there. And, yeah, like, uh, I believe Kyle Dubas will give his team a chance to win. Like, they've, they've got picks and prospects, and let's be honest, there's, there's a – there's a window here and a, a time clock when you look at Dubis and this core. So, you know, he kind of has to realistically to make a splash or do something to give this team a better chance to win. And based on last night, they're still just, they're missing something. They're missing something. And he's got to figure it out uh, potentially over the next couple of days as the Leafs are on a break. Actually, do GMs get this break? Do they go away to Cabo or is this a busy time for general managers? Well, it's a busy time, A.B. I yeah. don't think GMs are going on vacation. Not now. Maybe maybe on March 4th, but not before March 4th. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, enjoy your vacation. Thank you for taking the time to uh, away from your vacation. And uh, have, uh, have a nice drink for me today. On the, you on the can beach, count on it, A.B. I'll have one for Julia, too. Thank you so much. And Steph, too, the whole crew. The whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's a lot now. <laughs> All right, Craig. We'll chat later. Okay.